college football talk as David Cohn, the co-host of Crane & Company with Jake Crane, joins Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan, a college quarterback at Michigan, a tall man that's on Twitter, at David Adam Cohn. Here's David with Bryant and Brett. David Cohn joins us now to talk college football, the co-host of Crane and Company. David, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, another week of really exciting college football, and this weekend sets up to be uh, another weekend just like it. I do want to start off with maybe the biggest game of the weekend. It was college game day uh, over on uh, the West Coast, uh, Washington versus Oregon. What have you made of Oregon this season, that win against, I mean, excuse me, of Washington this season, and that win over Oregon? Man, what a fantastic football game, and as always, thanks again for having me, guys. Yeah, I was I soaked up every play of that game. I was watching it with my father, and, you know, full disclosure, I have friends over there on the Washington staff, my buddy Nick Sheridan, who I played quarterback with at Michigan, the tight end coach out there, and, uh, you know, I've been a Michael Penix Jr. fan for quite some years now. I know he's been battling through some of those injuries, and he transferred from Indiana. So to see what he did last year when he led the nation in passing yards, I was like, hey, look at this. This is, this is awesome. This is what he's capable of when he's healthy. So I really thought I was really looking in the offseason at the moves that Washington was going to make. Are they going to be good enough on defense, and can they run the ball well enough to make a legitimate run uh, at the Pac-12 championship? And based on the research I did, I had them winning the conference, and I put them in my college football playoff preseason with obviously circling this game at home against Oregon. And then as the first five or six weeks played out, I thought, you know what? Washington is very impressive, but Oregon is the most balanced team in this conference. The way that they, they're able to run the ball, control the clock, combined with also having one of those, what, six-year guys themselves and Bo Nix. Yeah. Um, you know, so Oregon's been very, very impressive. So I knew that it was going to, this was going to be a field goal game. So when I, the second I saw an opportunity to get, you know, Oregon at plus three and a half, I was like, let's jump on that. But I do think Washington will win the football game. And that's exactly how it played out. Uh, you know, and Oregon had their chances. I mean, you know, Dan Lanning, uh, 0 for 3 there on the fourth down calls and, not punting it there at the end of the game. Like, we can talk about all those decisions at nauseum, but one thing you have to say is uh, he he is who he is, right? He was aggressive throughout, even going for a two-point conversion on the very first uh, touchdown that Oregon scored. I still think Oregon is very much in this thing, guys. They're a very, very good football team. They're a physical football team. They lost a close game on the road against another really good football team. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a rematch in the conference championship there, kind of like we might get one with Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12, and when you find yourselves in the big game, it could go either way. We're going to get a lot of rematches, I think, David, in these conference championship games. We we, we could really go around college football in, in every conference be a rematch. Yeah, well, you know, we're not going to get well, the Big, big Ten, can Yeah. Well, yeah. the Big Ten and the SEC both with still divisions, and then the ACC is very interesting because, you know, last week we were having this conversation of, man, could these three undefeated ACC teams uh, all run the table, and then what's going to happen? Are we going to have a, a Waffle House coin flip to see who gets left out? Um, you know, but uh, ultimately uh, Louisville dropped the ball there. Big win, big win by Pitt. So we won't, we won't have that specific scenario in the ACC, but yes, I mean, you're exactly right. If we got an Oregon-Washington rematch in the conference championship game, I think it's going to be every bit the game that we just got up there in Washington, and if we get a Texas-Oklahoma rematch, again, both of those, remember, 
but in both of those scenarios, Oregon and Texas, they were winning those football games at the very end, and the other teams had to to come from behind. So we could be sitting here with a very different landscape, but uh, uh, we are this this is what we have, and I think it's going to play out uh, very interesting down the stretch as to how many unbeatens will be remaining, how many one loss teams do we have, and then this whole SEC situation. You know, obviously, I know we're probably going to talk about the Brock Bowers injury at Georgia. Can they still run the table? What's going to happen in the West? Everyone keeping their eye on the LSU-Alabama matchup to come, getting more and more fascinating by the week, fellas. It sure is. And that Pac-12 championship game, remember, on championship weekend, that will be a Friday night game on ABC, and the TV numbers this year have already been really big. And there's a couple of different scenarios for for rematches in, in that one. You, you mentioned Washington. You had them in the preseason. Right now, who who, who would be your college football four? Uh, no no certain order. Just who, who do you think are the four best teams? Well, look, I, you know, obviously, uh, I'm partial when I when I go with Michigan, but I do think that they have an incredible football team up there, and I, I would love nothing more than to see them get another crack. You know, back to back disappointing years in the college football playoff, and combined with the fact that they will get their biggest rival OSU uh, at home. Obviously, we're going to find out a lot more about them and Penn State this weekend with that big matchup that's coming, and obviously, both of those teams will have to play Michigan. Uh, I had Georgia in their preseason, and I felt good about putting Georgia back in there again because they were doing this thing where they were sort of getting better each week. I do think that Brock Bauer's injury is significant. Um, you know, let's see how that plays out. I had LSU beating them in the conference championship game. I, I had reservations about that pick after I saw the way LSU was playing defense down the stretch. But somehow they've been able to sort of offset that with this, you know, very explosive offense and still find themselves in the mix. Uh I'm waiting to see if Florida State, you know, Florida State sort of is having these really great moments where you're like, wow, that's what a championship team looks like. And then they'll have these moments where it's like, no, they leave something to be desired. But, you know, given the conference they play in, I think a, a head-to-head matchup against North Carolina, and I really like Mac Brown, I really like Drake May, I think I would give the benefit of the doubt to uh, to Florida State. Um, and then, uh, look, I still like this Washington team, especially getting over that hump with the, with the big win over Oregon. Uh, again, I think it'd be a coin flip if that was a rematch in the conference championship. And like, let's don't forget, you know, we got USC and Utah this weekend, two one loss teams, you know, and, and Oregon State still out there. A lot of teams to play spoiler. The Pac 12 has been, uh, very impressive so far, but one way or another, the four teams that we're going to get into this college, uh, football playoff are going to be very worthy. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. Well, talking about Washington and, and Michael Penix, you talked about how much you love his game. It looks like he's now the betting favorite uh, for the Heisman Trophy. Is he your pick right now through through this far into the season for Heisman? And, and who are some other guys, um, in your opinion, that, that have a shot at winning the Heisman this year? In my experience with following this, I think we're we're a little bit premature, and I mm. said this on the Crane and Company either this morning or yesterday morning. You know, really until it gets to be about Halloween week or right in until November, yeah. I think uh, these conversations are a bit futile. They're fun for us, obviously, and of course, you know, hey, Vegas isn't wrong a whole lot. So yeah. Michael Penix Jr., the way he's been playing, the yardage he's put up, plus he has last year to sort of establish that brand from the get-go, right? Like, that's an important thing. Um 
obviously like he he would be he would be someone to go with but guys just never never forget you know it's just a couple seasons ago Matt Corral at this point was the was the betting favorite for the Heisman Trophy and you know a couple weeks go by as we get into the teeth of these conference schedules all of a sudden the guy who was a surefire number one isn't there anymore right like last week we're talking about Caleb Williams he throws three interceptions on the road in South Bend Um, you know how's it going to play out in these big big rivalry games you know you look at we were talking about Michigan a minute ago I look at a team like that where J.J. McCarthy to me is every bit the quarterback some of these other guys are and Blake Corum is to be the best running back in the country possibly for two seasons in a row but these guys aren't playing halfway through the third quarter right and a lot of that has to do with this this schedule that that's been played at Michigan so they haven't gotten an opportunity to really put up the stats and the yardage and all that kind of stuff will that be offset when it comes time to go on the road to play Penn State to play the Buckeyes at home you know can Quinn Ewers sort of shake off that loss to Oklahoma put up big numbers down the stretch maybe find themselves in the college football playoff and he reemerges and then with Michael Penix Jr. too you know I never want to like bring this up, but the fact that he has had a couple ACLs and he's been injured, you know, the best thing for him is he's got to stay healthy if you want to win that award. Remember, I had Blake Corum in the top spot a season ago before he gets injured in the game against Indiana. He was taken off the field, didn't play another snap that season. He was leading. He was leading every metric um, that a running back had led who'd won the Heisman Trophy previous to that. So, you know, a couple of weeks, I think the Heisman Trophy talk will will uh, work itself out. Saturday morning, 11 o'clock Central Time on Fox. It will be Penn State at Ohio State. And this is the time for James Franklin to finally have his biggest win at Penn State. He just hadn't won any of these games, David. Yeah, and look, uh, what I was saying today is if you if you find yourself beating all the teams you're supposed to beat and you're stuck in the Big Ten East and you're losing to Michigan and OSU every year and you go on to win a bowl game and have a, an 11-2 and two season like they did last year, there are worse things you could be, right? Like there are worse seasons that you could have, certainly. True. But if you want to get over that hump, you want to be a college football playoff team, which I know the, the, the fans at Penn State, that's what they aspire to, then these are the type of games at some point you need to go on the road and win. Uh, what is he, 1-7, in seven, maybe 1-8, in eight, something like that against the Buckeyes? Hey, Jim Harbaugh for a while was 0-6 or 0-7 against them, right? All it takes is a couple wins, you get that momentum swung in the opposite direction. This would be a signature win for James Franklin to go on the road and beat them, and he has a team that is capable of it. What I'm looking at here, when it comes to Penn State's rush defense, giving up, what is it, 72, 74 yards per game, something like that, plus combined with their ability to run the ball, which is always very helpful when you're starting a young quarterback in Drew Aller. They're averaging over 200 yards per game on the ground. How much of that has to do with the schedule they've been playing? Penn State is far more untested right now than the Buckeyes. Buckeyes with a big win over Notre Dame. I think six of the seven games they played have been against unbeaten teams at that point in the schedule. Uh, we've seen Kyle McCord, when tasked on a, on a, on a game-winning drive, come back and lead his team to victory. Um, you know, I say all that, but then I look at the win that Penn State had against Iowa. Say what you will about Iowa, and there's plenty to say, especially on the offensive side of the football. They play great defense, and Penn State beat them 31 to nothing, right? So I think this Penn State team is very balanced. I think we're in for a very uh, a very entertaining and good football game. I wish it was a night game and not at 11 a.m., but one way or another, some good football will be played. 
talking to David Cohn, the co-host of Crane and Company, joining us every Wednesday to talk college football. You mentioned Florida State earlier and kind of the level of football they've played this season. A big game for them this weekend as they take on 16th-ranked Duke. We've seen what Duke did, uh, especially earlier in the season in, in a uh, Monday night uh, showcase against Clemson, but a really good Duke team with a really good quarterback. Uh, what do you make of this game uh, on Saturday for Florida State? Well, I want to see what what Riley Leonard we get at Duke. Yeah. You know, or, uh, is he is first of all is he going to play? Second of all, if he does play, is he going to be fully healthy? You know, with that shoulder, is he going to be is he going to be able to be Riley to be Riley Leonard? Um, you know, with some of the injuries that he's had, that's my biggest question because that kid is an absolute gamer, man. I was watching him play against Clemson. Some of the the plays that he had, it's like he's going to be playing on Sundays. We're going to say his name for a long time. He's that type of guy. Combined with this Duke defense. Guys, that Duke defense is no joke, and that's why I think Mike Elko's name is the first one that gets said every time we're talking about a potential bigger job opening. But he, you know, but make no mistake, he can win the ACC with this Duke team. I think he is going to need a fully healthy Riley Leonard, though, um, because Florida State has the capability to beat you in so many different ways. And and while while I do see plays sometimes from Florida State where I'm like, what what in the world is that? That's you know, that's not championship football. Somehow they, you know, they come right back. They awe me and shock me with these, you know, like the Keon Coleman catch last weekend. Is that he's an absolute alien, right? And and they did all that without Johnny Wilson on the outside, um, and and they're undefeated, right? They've still found themselves undefeated as they sort of continue to improve each week, which a championship team needs to do. This weekend will be very telling. Florida State goes in there, beats them by a couple touchdowns. That's going to say a lot. If they squeak out another win, are we still going to have questions and they still remain unbeaten? We'll see. I just I hope that we get a very healthy Riley Leonard just so that we, we can sort of uh, be able to appreciate that matchup as college football fans. You use that word appreciation. Do we appreciate the job that Gene Chizik's done for the North Carolina defense enough? You know, we should. Last season, uh, you know, with the shootout against App State and, <laughs> and a lot of the games they found themselves in, it was sort of like uh, an East Coast version of, of USC or even my colleague Jake Crane was throwing Washington in there at times. You know, the, these teams that have unbelievable playmakers at quarterback, but they're just not getting any help from the defense or the run game, this and that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, any time that you have a team where Mac Brown's the head coach, champion at Texas, Gene Shizik, your D.C., champion at Auburn, and you combine uh, having Drake May um, at, uh, at quarterback, uh, good things, you know, good things are going to happen. Uh, you mentioned uh, USC with a big game this weekend against Utah, uh, and, and talking about defense, I guess. Uh, did that loss against Notre Dame tell you anything you didn't know about this USC's defense, or I guess this USC team in general, and what do you expect uh, them to do this weekend against Utah? I thought if they lost to Notre Dame, it would be because Notre Dame ran the football very well against that defense and mm-hmm. controlled the clock and kept Caleb Williams on the sidelines. I was not anticipating three interceptions you know, in the first half, I believe yeah. it was. Uh, I, I didn't really see that coming. Um, maybe we should have just based off some of the the. the the, the, some of the offensive success that USC has had so far. At the same time, I'll say, you know, last year, even in some of those games where they were going up against very physical teams, remember lost to Utah twice last year, mm-hmm. even in those cases, they were still putting up 40 points, right? They just kind of got outscored by a team that had 
uh, Cam Rising on it, which unfortunately we, we won't be seeing this weekend. Um, let's sort of take away a little bit from that matchup. That's what I thought we would get if Notre Dame was able to beat them. And I, honestly, I didn't know what to expect after three straight weeks of disappointment from Notre Dame. I mean, I know they, they ended up winning the Duke game, but keep in mind, they're a fourth and 16 scramble from Sam Hartman away from losing those three games in a row to OSU, to Duke, and, and then to the, the Louisville blowout. So I didn't really know what to expect, but man, what a signature win for Marcus Freeman just thoroughly came out and demolished Southern Cal. And if he won that game by one point, that would have been good enough, right? We just need a signature win for Marcus Freeman. But it was more than that. He 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 absolutely thrashed them. And say what you will about Southern Cal on defense and sort of their lack of ability on that side of the ball, lack of physicality, that's still the reigning Heisman Trophy winner that came in there. That's still the guy that's getting compared that's to right. Patrick Mahomes, who's this supposed number one overall pick who who apparently is so good he can demand an equity stake and ownership from the <laughs> NFL team that drafts him or whatever. That's the guy you turned over three times in the first half and, and just absolutely beat down. So, very impressive win for Notre Dame. Again, they're not going to make the college football playoff now uh, with those two losses, but they can certainly play spoiler, and I would expect nothing less with the type of leadership that you have at quarterback with Sam Hartman and Joe Alt and some of those guys. Um, so now, moving forward, you know, USC is still in this thing, but I think we're going to be seeing a little bit more of what we saw against Notre Dame. I mean, hey, hey, they could lose to Utah this week, right? Like I said, they lost to them twice last last year because going up against those physical teams is, is not their strong suit. But you're still going to have Washington on the schedule, Oregon's on the schedule, I believe. So a lot of those teams down the stretch are really going to give USC all they can handle. David, I think most would say Georgia in the SEC, just ranking 1 through 14, Georgia 1, Bama 2, and there's probably some pretty good separation there. Who would be your third? You know, right now I still think this LSU team is, is very capable of, of playing great football, even winning the conference. You know, we, we circled that Alabama-LSU game in the West before the season started, and now for very – different reasons oddly enough we're circling it again i had no idea lsu would be this bad on offense i had no, no idea double circle that, game well, well, yeah, books I mean, out look, for that isn't it right yeah look i mean triple circle it if you want i mean look get ready <laughs> first of all that game should be my highlighters run. My, my, my sharpie ran out of ink i can't triple circle <laughs> yeah. it well well it should because i have no idea what's going to happen in that game you know yeah. is is is, is jayla moreau and the Alabama offense going to be able to to step up and score a lot of points against that LSU defense that just has been sort of almost perplexingly bad when you talk about Harold per- Perkins Jr. and Mason Smith and all those guys. Um, but then, I mean, is anyone playing better football in the country than Jaden Daniels? Uh, you talk about being in the front seat for Heisman. The only reason I don't put him front and center right now is because, again, like I said about Shador Sanders at Colorado earlier in the season, he's sort of having to put up those numbers for mm-hmm. reasons that aren't great, right? He's having to getting these shootouts because LSU can't stop uh, can't stop anyone. He's having to do this because they're not really rushing the ball at will. Whereas when Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy there, it was like, hey, we're just better than you. And uh, yeah, all the, all the receiver, like when Randy Moss's kid's the worst receiver on your team, you're pretty good, you know? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, I know we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. Both of these teams have plenty of, of business to handle before we get there, and they'll both have buys the week before they play. But, uh, yeah, and look, I, I just I feel like I have to bring up Missouri here 
to answer your question, I mean, just the job that Eli Drinkowitz has done at Missouri is just flat out incredible. I love to see it. You know, we've had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Drinkowitz before, and you know, being at Missouri, it's 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 tough to have the level of success that the Georgias and Alabamas do in inside the SEC. But he's risen to the occasion. I liked them to go on the road and beat Kentucky, and and that's what happened. So so hats off to him. And again, this Brock Bowers thing. Uh, at Georgia, let's see how that affects them here as they have to go play a rivalry game in the cocktail party with Florida. They're going to have to play Missouri. They're going to have to go on the road to Tennessee. Obviously, we'll find out more this week about Joe Milton and Tennessee as they go on the road to Tuscaloosa. Uh, a lot of questions left to be answered, but it's going to work itself out here nicely in the SEC. That's a great point by about Missouri. I mean, I saw today the the Associated Press put out their midseason All Americans team. Luther Burden, first team, he's been unbelievable this year for Missouri. Brady Cook has also looked really good at quarterback. But David, what do you, what have you made of this Ole Miss team this year? They're five and one right now. The only loss coming to an Alabama team that maybe we think a little bit differently about now than we did that game. Obviously, coming off um, sure. a loss and then uh, a, a very ugly game against USF. Well, what have you thought about Lane Kiffin's team this year? Obviously, very much in the mix here when we talk about the team that could win the SEC. And, I mean, they could still come out of the West as well. Uh, it wasn't so much even the loss to Alabama as the way they lost it, yeah. right? I mean, I thought for sure they'd put up uh, more of a, an offensive performance. I mean, I've seen Lane lose to Saban when they've scored 45 before against better Alabama defenses, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But uh, a little perplexing there. But then again, you turn around, you beat LSU, you're winning the game. What I'm interested to see is, right, we've seen these hot starts from Lane Kiffin. We've seen him start 6-0 and or 7-0 and or 6-1, and and then sort of it, fall, it falls apart late in the season. That's kind of what I'm looking at is, hey, can Lane Kiffin really put together the, the type of finish that is required? And especially now that you do have the loss to Alabama, you need some help, right? Uh, they, you still have to handle your business, right? Let other teams go out and beat Alabama and help you. You need, most importantly, to win out. Let's see if uh, Lane Kiffin has the, the, the sort of fortitude it takes to win out through, through this uh, SEC schedule where really anyone can beat you. Let's be honest about this conference. Anyone can beat you any given week. Um, and uh, if you do go win out and you get some help, then you could find yourself in Atlanta. Absolutely, and still a lot of uh, competitive teams left in that conference schedule for Ole Miss. But, David, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, got a, a, another great Saturday, it looks like, with all of these matchups, a bunch of ranked versus ranked matchups, so it should be a lot of fun. But, uh, David, thanks so much, and we'll do it again next week. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, David. David Cohn with us every Wednesday talking college football, and we love visiting with him, and we love this time of year and the first big holiday or or really, you know, fun time of the year to celebrate Halloween coming up, but we celebrate it with truck season at All-Star Chevrolet in Olive Branch. First exit when you cross into Mississippi on Highway 78, you're there at Kraft Goodman Road. Take the exit, and you're at All-Star. If you're ready for a new Silverado, All-Star Chevrolet, they have them, and they have them by the by the boatload, a bunch of new vehicles, when all the deals that are perfect for you to save money, and your good credit it deserves it. Financing as low as zero, no payment for 90 days. Zero in 90 days, that should get your attention, and, and that could be for you. Plus, you get a 1000 in cash, and All-Star, they have all the Silverados, fall road trips, 
tailgating, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, the timing could not be better. Come to Olive Branch and drive a new Tahoe or Traverse. And if you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned All-Star, they've got it, they've got it loaded up. Camaro convertibles, a Lexus, a Suburban. If it's not at All-Star, just ask Jeff and he'll find it for you. Ask Jeff or Kevin about any of the great deals and they ask me to let you know how much they appreciate everyone that's brought their cars or trucks to sell. You can get a check today for great cash at All Star. Remember, it's not South Haven. It's not Mount Moriah. It's not Barlett, Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. Let's get to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the early lines in both college football and the NFL for the weekend. That's next on Sports Time. Family Leisure Studio. We are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. We're back into sports time. Bright and Brett with you. We're in our family leisure studios. And Brett, we're only a couple of days. We do have some college football tonight, but we're only a couple of days uh, from Saturday where we really kick off the weekend. We've got Thursday night football tomorrow night that you can hear on this station, uh, Jaguars versus Saints, uh, that coverage at 7 o'clock. And while I'm telling you about our coverage of that game, let me just tell you about our entire weekend. Thursday night, like I said, Jaguars at Saints. Uh, that coverage will start at 7 p.m. after Reb Talk. Saturday, Ole Miss at Auburn. Uh, coverage starts at 4 o'clock for that 6 p.m. game. And then Sunday, we've got three games, a triple header here on Sports 56. We'll start with Bills at Patriots at noon, Chargers at Chiefs at 3, Dolphins at Eagles at 6.30, and then obviously, as always, we'll have Monday Night Football, 49ers at Vikings. But, Brett, where do you want to start looking at the weekend and some of these lines? Let's start with the Tigers. Road favorites down in Birmingham against UAB. And it, it, it and that line, it's, it's gone up a little as the week's gone on. Now, six-and-a-half-point favorite, the Tigers, Saturday early at 11 o'clock at UAB. Yeah, I mean, I always like to go uh, on the road and be a favorite, but, um, you know, that's uh, the Tigers got to come out strong. And uh, this UAB team uh, has shown that they are getting better and better. I heard Trent Dilfer on this morning uh, with Greg and Eli. I thought a great interview um, that if you didn't hear it, you can go check it out. It's on the website and featured audio. Um, go check it out. I thought Trent was great um, and kind of talking about his team, the improvements they've been making, um, and, and how much he respects uh, Coach Silverfield and, and what this Memphis team has done. So six and a half points right now. I, I'm really excited about that game on Saturday. Yeah, for all the buildup last week and you know, as, as well as at times the Tigers played in that game, but ultimately to lose, you know, by, by 10 even, yeah. ultimately, 31-21, I thought they played well. It, 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 it was not soul-crushing. I no. think people came out of that thinking, okay, played a, a better team. Two times this year they've played teams that were better, but they've been better than a lot of teams. Now Vegas is saying they're better than UAB. That same six and a half, that's what Ole Miss favored, Saturday night on the plains against Auburn, and I, I would love to know the last time Ole Miss was favored anything at, at in a game at Auburn because they've just had very little success there. Yeah, and, and things can get weird uh, on the plains in Auburn, and uh, like you said, six and a half is a, uh, you know, I think I think 
Ole Miss, we've talked about Auburn and, and Hugh Freeze and, and what he's trying to do with that program, obviously his first year. Um, probably needs some time to, to really get things going, but um, you know we'll see what Ole Miss can do. Obviously on the road, in the SEC, any time is tough, um, and almost being a, a touchdown favorite uh, seems like Vegas likes Ole Miss a lot on Saturday. They, they, it really d- does seem that way coming off the open date. Uh, for Ole Miss. Arkansas, a six-point favorite at home against Mississippi State. And with the last five weeks, they've had, you know, Arkansas, they just want to win by one. They're not worried about what the <laughs> point spread is. Just yeah. get in the left-hand column. Yeah, just get that win, and they'll feel good. I mean, we've talked about kind of how soul-crushing these, uh, you mentioned soul-crushing a second ago, um, how soul-crushing these games Arkansas's have been. Arkansas's had it. They really have, and it's, it, it hasn't just been one game. It's been week after week after week. We've talked about those uh, uh, one-touchdown losses, you know, seven points or less in pretty much all of these losses outside of the uh, the Texas A&M game. So I think back at home against Mississippi State, if they can get this win, uh, I think uh, Arkansas certainly feels a lot better about themselves. It's as dispirited as I've heard Razorback fans, even through you know all the travails with yeah. with Bobby Petrino and John L. Smith and into Bert, into Brett Bielema. I didn't mean to say Bert, I really <laughs> didn't. Into <laughs> Brett Bielema and, and and then Chad Morris because it you know after that win over Penn State in the Tampa Bowl, it re- it really looked like you know. Arkansas found it, you know, Mr. Right guy. Yeah. And, and Hunter, you're checking, you know, he nailed it with the basketball hire and Eric Musselman got the right guy. And now they're really, I, I, I can't imagine what, what, what the tone will be if it's a home loss to Mississippi State. I know there's a lot of people complaining about the schedule and it has been brutal and it was all on the road. You can call that A&M game. You can designate that a home game all you want. But when you play Texas A&M mm-hmm. in Texas, yeah. that's not a home game. No, you're, you're right about that. And, and so, uh, you know, they just need a win. They just need to get back in that win column, and, and hopefully uh, that can happen on Saturday. Bama nine-point favorite over Tennessee. And I, I, I have said, and I, I think kind of first team to around 21, 22, yeah. 23 should go a long way. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, so, so for Bama to cover, yeah. if, if I'm right on, if, if they, let, let, let's even say 24, to cover that nine points, you know, that's, that's holding Tennessee really down. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, that, that seems like a massive number. Uh, either way, if it was Tennessee by that much, or if it was Alabama by, uh, nine, it seems like a lot of points. I, I'm excited to, to talk to Pat Smith here in about 30 minutes, less than 30 minutes, and kind of, Hear what he thinks, or hear what he thinks about this game. Um, but man, nine points uh, seems like a lot, especially after uh, Tennessee got that win last week. Before we talk NFL, some other college football top twenty-five huge point spreads. OU nineteen over UCF in in Norman on Saturday morning. Oregon twenty over Washington State. Uh, Tulane twenty over North Texas. North Carolina, 23-and-a-half over Virginia. Michigan, 24 at Michigan State. That's crazy. 24-and-a-half point favorite on the road in a rivalry game, Brett. That's that's unheard of. I, I, I would, too, and I've got that one. I don't know if I've got three circles around it like David Cohn yeah. had, but I, I, I've got it circled potentially for Friday afternoon. What grabs you in the NFL? Oh, well, I mean, obviously you look around in the NFL and I think this, this game 
tomorrow night. You know, it kicks off with Thursday uh-huh. night football. One point line right basically now. Basically, pick them. Basically, a pick them, and uh, and we'll see Trevor Lawrence obviously uh, dealing with an injury, and we'll see if he's able to go tomorrow or not. And that could change a lot. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence isn't able sure to could. go tomorrow night, um, the New Orleans short Saints, week, I'll, yeah, hurt. And and while New Orleans ha- has struggled, I mean, they've got a ton of athletes, a ton of playmakers. On that team, um, some of the other games that that kind of jump out at me: Cleveland, a three point favorite over the Colts. Uh, obviously, the news coming out today that Anthony Richardson, one hundred percent, is done for the season. Is going to have surgery. Gosh, he just hadn't played sort of, a lot of football, he, has he? And he can't it. help it. He can't, and it's sad. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed watching him play. This season as a rookie, but um, we won't get to see him anymore, and hopefully he can come back next year. But they've got a great backup in Gardner Minshew. Obviously, Cleveland feeling pretty good about themselves with that defense they have and that win over over the 49ers. Um, but those are probably the two biggest ones that jump out to me. What about you in the NFL? I think the game of the day on Sunday's Lions at Ravens. Yeah, I said it. Detroit Lions, 5-1 and one at 4-2. and two. Baltimore, Good luck to the Lions defense chasing Lamar around all day. Mm -hmm. But also, good luck to Baltimore. You could make a case the steadiest quarterback in the NFL this year has been Jared Goff. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And kind of a, you know, we talk about quarterbacks in the, in the NFL and really in college as well, but he's just not a flashy quarterback. He's not going to, you know, scramble around and roll out of the pocket or, you know, even scramble to pick up yards. So he's not really kind of a reliable Kirk Cousins. Just a reliable guy that you know he's going to get the job done. Um, All right, let's go Matt Stafford. That's a better comparison in Detroit. I think so. I think so. Matt Stafford. And and really, that's, that's the comparison everybody's making is you, you, you know, basically traded those two guys to, to each other and, and really, you got the same quarterback in both of them. You really did. But and, it maybe and, worked know, out better Goff for got, both of them, yeah. Goff got to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford got to one and won it with yeah. the Rams. But just so, you know, the Lions, to be talking about them kind of, kind of this kindly mm-hmm. to them at this time of year, they're not used to. Usually the season's over by now for Detroit. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, we talked to, to Bo yesterday and, and, you know, he said you you kind of got to look at the opponents they've beaten this past couple weeks, but I feel like a lot of people, after all of the off-season hype for this Lions team, kind of forgot about them after they lost to the Seahawks. And, uh, you know, there was that Week 2 loss right after beating the, the Chiefs, and it really felt like everybody was like, wow, the Lions beat the Chiefs. They're for real this year. And then the, the next Sunday they lose to the Seahawks, and everyone goes, okay, they're not back. This is, this is the Lions that we've gotten used to over the past 20 years. They're not not going to be very good this year and now they're back one loss and, and uh it's a it's a fun team to watch and and uh, as opposed to college look whatever whatever teams they've they've defeated it's nfl teams exactly exactly you're going they're not playing morehead state brett what you always like to say is is they, they get a paycheck uh, every tuesday morning as well you know they sure do these guys everybody are, gets paid these guys are good now, players a, a, a lot NFL of teams in college get paid sure. too well now. <laughs> now we might have to change that you know because and always have right exactly um but uh you know yeah i think this lions team uh is really uh looking to kind of show people what they're about and and a win this weekend against the against the Ravens would would do a lot to I think put more attention on what the Lions have been doing these last couple of weeks. It, it, it will, and and I, I'm pulling for Detroit again. Let me clarify: hmm. Coach of the Year was Dan 
Campbell. I did not pick yes. Brandon Staley. Yes. And funny enough, you almost just cut out there, Brett, so it looked like the universe wanted people to, to still think that you were uh, – Oh, did I? You Let me repeat it. Uh, I picked Staley. Dan Campbell as my coach of the year, <laughs> there you go. not Brandon Staley. Uh, there you go. What about this one, uh, the Sunday night football game? I know a lot of people uh, are excited about this one. Dolphins on the road against the Eagles. We know the Eagles, uh, they added Julio Jones. A lot of people thinking maybe he could help with their red zone offense because it seems like they get down to the red zone and all they've got is is uh, the tush push. Um, right now, Eagles a two-and-a-half point favorite at home. That line's a little interesting. Well, he, he he might can help them with packages like that, but I don't, I don't think he helps them Not much out outside the field. Of that, you know, no. They, 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 no, uh, I, I, I just, I, I just don't think he's got much left. Not, I don't want to criticize. Just one of the great players Absolutely. ever. Uh, he, he's been unbelievable. But that should be a good game on on Sunday, and then we'll wrap it up on Monday. Forty uh, ers another game for them. They go on the road, and they're a touchdown favorite. Uh, last time it didn't really work out for them. Uh, last week against uh, against the Browns. We'll see if if things can change uh, this week against the Vikings. But let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The Big Number of the Day. Well, Brett, you kind of teased your big number to me during the break, and I'm really excited to hear it. So, uh, if you'd like, uh, I I, want to hear your big number. I'll go first, and I don't know whether it should be three or ten, but in the last ten years, Arkansas has only defeated Mississippi State three times. Whoa. State's won seven out of the last ten, and the Arkansas wins. There have been a lot of close Mississippi State wins sure. in there, but two of the three wins for Arkansas, was one was by three and another one was by seven. And I, and I say that going back to two years ago after the wild Ole Miss win, 52-51, over Arkansas in Oxford, a prominent Arkansas media member, Danny West, he tweeted that Arkansas should never, ever, lose in anything to the Mississippi schools. Hmm. Anything. How ludicrous. That's that's crazy, Brett. I mean, in, in that time, both State and Ole Miss won national ba- baseball championships. Yeah. Yeah. That's that I mean that's that's a crazy thing to say. Again, Ever. Ever. That's a really long time. That's a really long time. And in anything. That's a lot of different sports to uh to to put in there. And and, and I think it just makes for more pressure into this game and, and, and we've just talked the point spreads. Arkansas pretty mm-hmm. big home favorite yeah. over Mississippi State. 
And 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 that kind of thinking is is is, is again just just ludicrous to think there's any kind of separation, mm-hmm. uh, except for maybe basketball. And I think I think State beat Arkansas last year in basketball. Can't remember. I'd have to pull it up, but but you might be right. I, I would too, but but I mean, that but, was, but it's not far fetched to think that they did. That, no, no, that was a good Mississippi State basketball team last year. Um, so I wouldn't put it past them at all. Uh, but that's just crazy. I mean, but, any sport forever for eternity, all, all, Arkansas shouldn't lose to Mississippi school is just. I mean, that's insane to say. And, when, and now, having lost seven out of ten to one of the two he was talking about. Sure did, Brett. Um, last year, the only time Arkansas and Mississippi State played last year. I thought uh, so. Arkansas lost 70-64, to 64, so... Yeah, that track record is so, not looking uh, not looking ever. Is a really long time. It's a, it's a really really long time. Uh, my big number is ten. Today uh, we got announced the finalists for Gold Gloves in Major League Baseball. Nolan Arenado not found on the finalist list at third base. That means this year will be the first in 10 years that Nolan Arenado has not won a gold glove at third base. He, he didn't have a good year. He didn't have a good he year. Really did. He really didn't. He didn't defensively. He no. didn't offensively. Nor, nor did Paul Goldschmidt. Mm-mm. And and, and th- those, those two, that, that's got to be opening bid next year for the Cardinals. I mean, right now, for Goldschmidt, Arenado, anywhere from 295 to 310, yeah. they have to bat. Anywhere mm-hmm. for both of them, uh, home runs, 25 to 35 home runs, wouldn't yeah. you say? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, RBI, so. 90 to 120. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's right you, there around you, it, yeah. you you got to have that before you leave for Jupiter. <laughs> yes, you do. And uh, the, the interesting thing about is I think he uh, had a better second half of the season fielding. He still wasn't great. Had a better second half of the season, but, Brett, second half of the season, nobody's watching the Cardinals. I mean, they're they're all already out. If you're having a good season, who cares? I mean, it was a – the first half of the season, when, when, when games really mattered, it, it was a really, really bad year for, uh, for Nolan Arenado, uh, both offensively and defensively. I, I, I don't think that Paul Goldschmidt had the year at first base defensively, yeah. and that hurt Arenado on digging out some of those throws. Mm-hmm. When he when he makes that play, you know, in in the the, the gap between third and short, and, and pivots and fires, and it's a little low. Goldschmidt was digging out everything two years ago. He wasn't this year. Yeah, well, and this is kind of the biggest number that that jumps off to me. Um, so uh, this on Baseball Reference, the uh, total fielding runs above average per one thousand two hundred innings. Um, this is the number of runs above. Read, read, read that again. The, read, read, read the fine print. The total fielding <laughs> runs above average per 1,200 innings. This is the number of runs above or below average the fielder was worth per 1,200 innings. Um, it combines a, a, a lot of things together. But when you look at it, it's basically... I need a slide rule to figure How this out. many runs does he save per right. attempt at his position? Uh, ever since he started in the league, 11, 13, 2, 0, 9, 15, 17, 25, 7... 18. This season, Brett, negative 12. 
So oh, uh, it was really it, tragic. It, it was really bad in terms of uh, of runs above average. And if you if you take away the per twelve hundred innings, all of that, just his regular uh, fielding runs above average um, was uh, was negative eleven this year. So so just not a good under year the, for him. Under the old title of you got to give to get. Yeah. Would it stun you if Goldschmidt Arnado were in deal talks over the offseason? Uh no, I don't think I, I don't think it would stun me. Because um, I mean, to to get you gotta yeah. you gotta give up something. Yeah, and I mean the way the way you've heard some of the you know rumblings and and murmurings of uh, uh, in St. Louis, it sounds like there are some people that kind of just want to tear it all down and uh, and kind of rebuild and and I, I think it's time. I I think it's time, and you're not going to rebuild now, with those. Two you know guys. where that leaves Oliver Marmel next year? He goes out and wins seventy two yeah, again. Yeah, it does. And, and we're all we're both sitting here uh, after what June talking about we can't watch any more Cardinal baseball. I mean, yeah, and, and he he's not the guy. Yeah. Also, something interesting this year about Nolan Arenado only 128 games. And so I was looking earlier. I didn't look. Didn't at, realize that. At uh, I didn't even look at the amount of games played, but I was looking at years previous, and I'm seeing 12 errors, 11 errors, 14 errors. Well, then I look at the at the number of games. 12 errors came in 131 games. Uh, 11 errors came in 155 games. 14 errors came in 152 games. Nine errors in 128 games is it's a lot of errors when you look at only playing 128 games. So uh, it, it just wasn't a good year for them. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I want to talk later when we have some more time during what's trending. Uh, some of the rumors coming out of San Diego that maybe uh, Juan Soto could be on the move uh, this offseason. Uh, so, I mean, you could see some some big-time moves in Major League Baseball. We obviously know Shohei's a free agent, and that's going to be uh, a lot of the talk of the offseason. But um, you could see some things go down, and you could see some things certainly involving the Cardinals, I think, but and, and we didn't have any hot stove last year. No, so no, I hope we was, do have some. It was it was the quiet Cardinals could be, yeah. The Cardinals could be central to it, and mm-hmm. it, it it wouldn't crush me if it had to move no. away from Arnado or Goldsmith. No, it, it wouldn't at all for me either. But that'll do it for our second hour. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to go down to Jocks in Birmingham. Talk to Pat Smith the day on Saturday, the day of football on Saturday. Memphis at UAB, third Saturday in October, and Ole Miss at Auburn. We'll get to all that next on Sports Time. (laughs) 